devil in the detail. <laughs> Hello, welcome to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson, and we're starting the nervous period of the next two weeks where Salford Red Devil Super League future will be decided. To join us on the show this week, as ever, we've got Paul Whiteside, right, Paul? Hey, Rob, how are you, mate? Yeah, uh, last week's defeat of London uh, has really put the cat amongst the pigeons in our uh, Super League uh, survival at stake. He certainly has, mate, yeah. I felt a bit a bit down coming out of the ground on Saturday after the London game. But I was a bit shocked more than anything, mate. I wasn't really expecting that. And uh, Yeah, we, we do a die this weekend. Now at Batley, we've got to go there and, and get a result, because if we don't, you know... We're going to be down, I think, because I think London are going to beat Featherstone. So, so I've got to win to stay up, haven't we, on Saturday, on Sunday? Yeah, like you say, it's uh, it's do or die now. All the the lives have been used, and uh, it's all about winning the next two games and keeping our Super League uh, status intact. Uh, well, so we've got on the show this week, Paul. Apart from uh, talking about the game at weekend. Yeah, obviously we've got the the review of the London game. We've got the uh, preview of this week's game against Battle. We've got the news. We've got an, the amateur report, and we've also got you know our, our vote for the. Uh, for the player of the year, where our listeners can vote as well, we'll be talking about that as well. Cool. So we'll do. We'll uh, we'll start with the news. news. First bit of news, big news. Marwan Kukash went on Granada tonight and spoke to David Chisnell and said that if Salford are relegated from Super League, he would not would he would not walk away. He'd build the club back up, Paul. After weeks of uh, you know, will he? Won't he? Um, he comes out. I'm going out tonight and just mentions it like it's uh, an everyday occurrence that he was going to stay after all. Yeah, I think something needed to be said, Rob, because like, the, the silence was deafening, wasn't it? And people were were questioning things and rumours were starting, weren't there? There's all sorts of rumours. Then Tim Sheens decides he's up in sticks and going coaching at OKR when he never wanted the coaching job. When he came to Salford, that's one of the first things he said, I don't want the coaching job, I'm 65-year-old or whatever, and now he's a year older and he wants to go and coach OKR. Um, so I think it, something needed to be said, didn't it? Because the supporters, you know, they don't know whether they're coming or going. And it, it's obviously it's affecting the players as well, isn't it? So I think Marwan had to come out and say something, but I'm still not 100% convinced. I don't know yet. I think a lot of it depends on the next the next few weeks what's going to happen. I think there's still a few more twists and turns. Yeah, it's good that Marwan's come out in the, in the you know with two games to go. It means everybody knows now, you know, that he is you know here to stay uh, if we go down, and he will you know, build the club up. So it kind of gives us a bit of a safety net. Even though if we do go down, it'll be a massive task to get back up, even with Marwan's millions. Well, he's, he said that he wasn't going to bankroll at the same, did he? So basically he was saying about the crowds, wasn't he? You know, he, he can't afford to bankroll it if the people aren't, aren't turning up. So, you know, if people aren't going to turn up when we're in Super League, I don't, if we are to go down, are people going to turn up in the, in the Championship? I'm not too sure. So, so yeah, yeah, I think there's some... Um, some worrying times ahead, really, Rob. Uh, I don't really know what's going to happen. I think it'd be great if he does stay, and you know, it's um, it takes our minds off things, doesn't it? It eases everybody. But I just don't understand why he didn't come out a few weeks ago and, and say, you know, when this middle eight started, because I think that's affected the players, hasn't it? You know, listening to what Josh Griffin had to say today, that he was saying that he's been, um, I can't remember the exact words he used, but. He's been very mentally draining, he said, this season. It's been a mentally draining season. So that's with all the off-field stuff. and It's been difficult. It's been mentally draining for the supporters as well. I mean, have you ever felt this, this stress watching Zalvin before, Rob? Because, I mean, it's uh, it stressed me out this season, just a tad. Yeah, I know what you're coming from, Paul. It's, 
it's obviously you know all the all the kind of things that go on around it really rather than the actual game because you you kind of like hearing stories you know will he go will he stay and then there's always the kind of things that are going on in the background and it's you know it, it's up to the you know the club to to kind of have to kind of put try and put a tin lid on it and not let it kind of become the main focus on everyone's you know mind the players you know they they've had to perform week in week out under this kind of pressure and um, that that obviously Marwan kind of brings on brings on to us. Uh, and they struggled, Paul, for me. They, you know, they struggled to yeah, deal yeah. with that. Um, but, you know, all we can really hope that in the next two games, uh, now everybody knows that Marwan's going to stay if we do go down. Um, you know, he, he's going to, uh, you know, we, hopefully everyone now will be calm, relaxed and, and be able to play the next two games 100% committed and, and focused on, you know, two good wins and, and keeping our Super League uh, status. Yeah, I don't think we've done ourselves any favours this season. I don't think Marwan's done us any favours. I think a lot of the off-the-field stuff, you know, We've brought it on ourselves, really, haven't we? And yeah, like you say there, the, the club should be keeping us in, the players in like a bubble, shouldn't they? And protecting the players from all this off the field. So it's like I was saying to you about, about Tim Sheens, I was very, very disappointed that Tim Sheens has decided to, to go to Old Care. But, you know, I don't begrudge anybody moving anywhere, but I, the, the main focus of my disappointment was the way he's announced it now. Why couldn't that wait until the end of the season? And somebody said to me at the weekend, oh, well, it's because Hulk Air wanted to announce him. But Tim Sheen is being paid by Salford. So Tim Sheen should have said to Hulk Air, you're not announcing it. I'm still employed by Salford. Salford and my club now, for, the, for now, what I'm doing next season is, is irrelevant in my club for now. So I, I'm doing the best for my club. But, but he hasn't. He sort of said he's going and that's another kick in the teeth for us really and sometimes it feels like everyone's against us I don't know but that that's the, the, the main disappointing thing in the last few weeks for me that because I think that's unsettled everybody hasn't it and uh, unsettled the club unsettled the supporters as well and uh, you know if we had to play OKR it's sort of they, they've got one over us there I suppose haven't they yeah I agree with that Paul you know it's, it's all about you know remaining focused and obviously with all the stuff going on uh, obviously we, we have to hope that the players are going to be in that bubble and, um, you know, Tim Sheens, he's there as, as the director of football to, to take all that stress away and when he becomes part of the stress, um, you know, it, it's really a big test for his, for his um, you know, ability to look after the players and, and look after the club and really I'm hoping the next two weeks that, that you know, the boys will be focused and, and ready to, to put on two big performances because, you know, with Batley coming up, uh, that's a potential banana skin uh, like we thought the London game was going to be an easy one it turned out to be a real nightmare in the end uh, and it could happen again you know it's all up to the attitude of the players and, and where they are mentally after after this week's uh, you know report with Marwan staying really yeah and, and Batley aren't going to do us any favours Rob I mean if you was John Keir now it's his swan song at Batley it's all set up in it for it to be a Batley you know surprise on um, on Sunday with he, you know, he's got to Wakefield next season, director of rugby, so he's, he's going to have to say farewell to the supporters. And it's a tough place to go, Batley. I mean, I've been there loads of times watching Solvers. It's a big slope, and what he sent to find in there, I mean, a few times I've been, and we've sort of outscored them in the first half, and they've outscored us in the second playing down the slope. So it's a difficult pitch, you know, tight pitch. Um, the slope, as I've just mentioned as well, plays a, plays a factor. And they're going to be fired up as well, aren't they? They've got... The, um, Keegan Hurst, the, the prop forward for them, he's leaving to go to, to Wakefield with John Keir, so it's his last game as well. So, you know, if you was a Wakefield player or John Keir, you'd be saying to yourselves, you know, we've got one game here on Sunday, it's a cup final, we can relegate Salford. And, you know, what a feather in the cap it would be for them to, to send us down. I mean, nobody seems to like us at the moment, as it, as it is to this. So I think they're going to be gunning for us. We've just got to be on our guard, I think. I'd much prefer to play Batley at home. I'd be more confident to play them at home. But away from home is a bit of a... 
going there's a bit of an unknown really so I think if all the players are switched on we should wipe the floor with Batley but you know no disrespect to him but um, but you don't know do you? you don't know what's going through the minds with all off the field things and just the way we played against London with that sort of lacking confidence and you know, as, as we've both said before about sort of being caught in the headlights, you can't afford for that to happen this weekend. I suppose it's two ways it can go. Everyone can get galvanised by, you know, no one likes us, we don't care attitude and we can go for it and we'll, we can fight the next two games and, you know, put in two massive efforts and get two big wins or the, or the players can just obviously continue to, you know, uh, collapse and, and not put in two big performances and end up going down. It, it, it's a toss of the coin, isn't it, really, with, yeah. with where they are and, I don't know really. I don't really know what to say. But I'm just hoping that the players are just realising that it's do or die. Like you said before, it's do or die now and you've got to do it for the Reds. You've got to do it for the shirt, haven't you? Yeah, well, just put it this way, Rob. Say, you go back to, say, May. We played in Newcastle and we beat Witness. If I had said to you on that Monday morning, we've got to go to Batley next next Sunday, Rob. Uh, do you fancy us to win at Batley? You'd say to me, yeah, we will am at Batley. We'll get 40 points against them. But if I'm saying to you now on the podcast... What do you reckon about us going to Batley on Sunday? You're not as confident as what you would have been six months ago, are you? Yeah. Three, four months ago. And and I think the players are a bit like that now. They're sort of doubting their own ability. I mean, you've only got to go back to February. We battered St. Helens at home by 40 points and we took St. Helens apart that night. And we could have had more points than what we did. We absolutely hammered them. St. Helens are in the semi-finals now and, and probably, you know, knowing them, they'll end up in the grand final. So it's not that long ago. And it's the same bunch of players, more or less, Baron like Tommy Lee and maybe Mason Caton Brown, you know, whatever. So it's more or less the same group of players, and it's like the confidence in it. I mean, now we're frightened to go in. I'm not, no disrespect to Batley at all, they're a good side, good club, but we're frightened to go in there now. And, you know, it's he's worrying, and, and I'm not 100% convinced we're going to win on, on Sunday. I mean, I, I hope so. And it's so unthinkable if we were to get beat, but, um, you know, that must be playing on the, the players' minds as well. It's. Um, it's a really massive game on Sunday and I'm really nervous about it but uh, can't wait for it to come round though. Yeah, big, big game on Sunday against Batley so let's hope the boys are fully focused but then both the news were now and about him staying uh, if we go down it's going to be a you know a boost for him. Uh, other news uh, from Marwan uh, he's been linked to uh, the Wooden Spoonies from the NRL the Newcastle Knights Paul uh, to take a stake in them. Um, I don't know how I feel about that because obviously with Salford if we do end up going down he'll, he'll need to have 100% fully focused on building a club and a team good enough to get back in Super League and if he has an involvement in Newcastle Knights it means he might have to take his eye off the Salford ball to, to work the Newcastle Knights one well, same if we stay up as well Rob. if we stay yeah. up he's going to need to be 100% committed to Salford isn't he? I don't know I don't see how he can have, have two interests because I mean Marlon's been at Salford what three three and a bit years and he's found it tough hasn't he at Salford it's not easy um, you know, you look at where we are at the moment, we're probably not much better off than uh, what we were when he took over, really, on the field-wise. I mean, I know we've had that points deduction this season, but we're, st- we're still not really a stable Super League side, are we? We're, uh, we're, still, we're still struggling, and um, that's in three years, and that's with his, with his main aim at Salford. So if he was to go to Newcastle as well, he's got that on his, on his mind. I'm not so sure whether that's, that's a good thing for us. I, I don't know really about that one. But all as I'm interested in, I'm going to give a toss about Newcastle Knights. I just want us to beat Batley and then, then win this million pound game. So, I mean, that's a, a focus for me that's, you know, paying this game. I mean, have a look at that next season. But I think we've got to concentrate on the here and now, mate. Yeah, I think it's all about, you know, remaining focused for the next two games and, you know, let's see what happens uh, after that. Uh, next bit of news, congratulations to Craig Cockjack and Phil Jones who have been named in the Wales Rugby League squad 
for their upcoming World Cup qualification games. Uh, Paul, Craig Cockjack has been an un unbelievable inspirational leader uh, this season and well-deserving of that uh, international uh, squad place. And also, Phil Joseph had done a great job for us when he came in at Hooker. And uh, both, you know, putting good performances wearing the red shirt this season. Yeah, we've not seen Big Phil for a, for a while, have we? Now he's not not been been in the first team, but uh, but Craig Cockjack, yeah, I mean, obviously he's, he's very proud of um, of his playing for Wales and what have you, but it's just a bit of a shame he's not um, didn't qualify for England because I think he'd be uh, he'd be up there this season. I mean, even with some of the the players and who were playing in the top eight and what have you in Super League, you know, some of the top sides, I think. Craig Kopchak's as good as any of those props in Super League, and I think he'd, I think he'd walk into any side in, in Super League as well. Um, and I just hope we can hang on to him. You know, if wherever whatever league we end up in next season, I'd love Craig Kopchak to be there and, and leading us out as, as captain because I think he fully deserves it and wears his heart on his sleeve. And I can't praise the lad highly enough. For, I think he's a, he's a super bloke and that. And when you think back over the last sort of ten years, the people that we've had there, Stuart Little who's retiring. And, Malcolm Alker, I mean, you can mention Craig Kopchak in the same names as them because he really cares about our club and um, I'm very proud of what he's done this season. Yeah, he's been named captain of Wales and Phil is Phil Joseph is named the vice-captain. You know, both obviously big leaders, um, you know, to be picked as, as captain and vice-captain of, of Wales. And I think it's kind of important that they will be probably have a role in, in the next two games, obviously to get everyone fired up and motivated for, you know, the challenges to come. Yeah, definitely. Just going back to Craig Copjack, we're not so sure yet how his injury is. But, mm. uh, but yeah, no, I wouldn't mind seeing Phil Joseph back in there. I mean, he's not really had an opportunity, has he? For, I can't remember the last time he played now, Phil Joseph. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think Ian Watson needs to, to mix things up a bit for, for the battle game. I'd like to maybe see Daniel Vido come back in. I thought it was a bit strange of him getting dropped for the, uh, for the London game. I didn't think he did anything wrong against Featherstone. I thought he took his try really well. Um, and then he seemed to bring Greg Johnson back in, and I don't know Greg Johnson struggled for farm really, hasn't he? This last last few months. So, uh, so yeah, but I don't know where we put Phil Joseph. I'd like to see Ryan Lannan back in this weekend against Batley as well. Yeah, talking about the trip to Batley, uh, the the club are putting on a coach. Um, it's twelve pound um, all for everybody, and you can book at the AJ Bell Stadium by calling zero one six one seven eight six one five seven zero. Uh, the coach times it, it goes from Shanders at five, uh, five to twelve, the Royal uh, Sovereign at ten past twelve, Eccles Town Hall at twenty past twelve, and the AJ Bell at twenty to one. Um, obviously, you know we're hoping for a big following because obviously, you know it is a crucial, crucial game for the club, and uh, hopefully, you know we'll get a lot of fans down there to cheer the boys on. No, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I hope we really take a big following. I mean. Just thinking about it the other day, I thought, you know, wouldn't it be great if we could take like a thousand supporters there or twelve hundred supporters there to, to Batley and, and really sort of pack out the, the stand there? You know, um, what, how great, what, what a lift that I'd give the players, you know, coming out to that sort of sea of red and all that noise because I know I know Batley don't get like huge home crowds, so if we could outnumber their supporters, I think it'd be tremendous. And we've took a lot of stick this season, haven't we, for crowds and. I think everyone's enjoyed kicking as well. We've been down this season. I think we've had a lot of undeserved flack off of the supporters and other clubs and, and what have you. I just think, you know, if we can all galvanise together and go there and get that result, you know, a big following and then take that sort of... It's amazing what a win and a performance can do. If we could do that, get that sort of feel-good factor back together and beat Batley and then go into that million-pound game and sell a load of tickets for that and really take a big following. You've only got to go back to, say, the grand finals that we were in in the first division. You remember the... 
the one at Warrington in 2008 and the one at uh, Witness in 2003. You know, we took massive followings there and the Arriva Trains Cup finals, we went to at Blackpool and Rochdale. You know, massive followings of supporters there and, you know, people who really got behind us. So those supporters are still about and, you know, if you can get to Batley on Sunday and, and cheer them on, you know, get yourselves there. Yeah, it's £17 for adults, uh, £12 for concessions and students and £3 for kids. So if you can get yourself down to Batley, uh, you know, get down and support the boys because they, they need you in the moment of, uh, of, of need like this. So uh, that's the end of the news uh, this week. OK, so that's the end of the news this week. And what we'll do now, we'll talk about the defeat uh, we suffered against London on Saturday. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. So, Salford Red Devils took on London Broncos on Saturday at the AJ Bell Stadium and unfortunately went down 19 points to 16, which basically put the, uh, the frighteners on all the fans thinking that, you know, the next two games, you know, if we don't doesn't go our way, uh, we could end up going down. Uh, Paul, it was a tough game. London came, you know, with a right game plan and, and did a number on us, didn't they? They certainly did. Yeah, I was very impressed with London. Um, I don't think they did anything sort of extraordinary. I don't think they sort of they didn't come and play like Australia. They came and played their their game, which was to slow us down. I thought. Um, I thought they were a bit negative, but you know they they worked. You know, they brought us down to their level and took the chances. I mean, they scored some good tries as well. I mean, the, the try, the second try, the try they scored in the second half was, was a good try. You know, they, the guy raced back and chucked it over his head and they scored. But I just, I just didn't think we, we didn't perform. I thought it was very flat. Um, we made a lot of mistakes, and London sort of capitalised on that and just played their own game. And you know, it worked for them, and we sort of froze again. And you know, people had off days and. It's about time now. Players, they've got to realise, haven't they? They've run out of games, and you know we've won two games in this qualifiers thing. We've lost to two championship sides now, and it's you know it's not good enough really. To I mean, if the worst was to happen, we was to lose at Batley, um, you wouldn't deserve to be in the million pound game anyway, would you? So we really do have to get a result now on Sunday, and it's, like we said before, it's do or die really now, and it's 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 nerve wracking times, mate. To be honest, yeah, nerve wracking times being being a Salford fan. Um, obviously, the, the game against London didn't help. Uh, Salford's lineup uh, was Niles Evels at fullback, Greg Johnson, Josh Jones, Junior South, Josh Griffin, uh, Gaz O'Brien, Michael Dobson, Luke Burgess, Logan Tompkins, George Griffin, Ben Murnett Masala, Wellaraki, and at loose forward was Mark Flanagan. On the bench, Rob Lewitt, Craig Copjack, Ollie Krinicki, and Adam Warren. Paul, like you said, they're experienced in that team. Um, and obviously, you know, London came up and they did a decent job on us. And it, like you said, it seemed like the players. Uh, you know, got frozen in the headlights, as it were, uh, and the pressure of this, uh, you know, Super 8 qualifiers is, is, is getting to him a little bit. Yeah, I think so. It was one of those games as well. Sometimes you can tell in a game when, when certain things don't come off. It was a couple of chances we bombed in the first half, one that I think Evel should have scored. Josh Griffin was one where we should have scored. Junior Sal, and we made we dropped the ball as well. And you sort of can, you can see games unfolding in front of your eyes, can't you? And sometimes you think it's not going to be our day today. And, you know, when London got that lead and they dropped a goal, didn't they? they just sort of edged, edged away from us. And uh, you could see that it wasn't going to be the day. And we were was, we going to get beat. But, you know, fair play to London. I thought they, they came and they did a good job on us. I thought um, the Henderson, the, the London coach, really outcoached Ian Watson. I thought he played, they played, you know, to their, their, their strengths. And it was disappointing. But you've got to, sometimes you've got to 
teams are going to come and slow you down. I think it'll be the same when we go to Batley. There's a big slope there at Batley, and, and they'll they'll play, you know, to the best of their ability and, and do things, you know, as their game plan. And we've got to be better than that sometimes. You've got to speed up your game. And we did that in the last five minutes against London, and we moved the ball wide and we scored twice. But you know, it was too too little, too late then, really. But I think we've got to wise up a bit, really. And you know, we need to be on our game on 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 Friday, on Friday, sorry, on Sunday against Batley. Yeah, like I said, London up the scoring with a try from William Barfu, an interception, Paul. Uh, Southwood building, but unfortunately, like I say, William Barfu spotted the the loose pass and, and went ghosted over from about 65 uh, metres. You know, look at that point, do you think, you know, could, could be, we're going to get in serious trouble at that, you know, this point. Um, I was thinking to myself, you know, it's a, it's a score for London, but we still had time, you know, in, in the game. But like you say, a try by George Griffin to get us back in the contest, but you know, looking you know further into the game, if we had sneaked it at the end, it would have been you know the biggest robbery since the greatest train robbery, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, I don't think we deserved. It. I thought the scoreline flattered us. Without being too harsh on our, our lads, I thought it flattered us a bit. Really, I thought London they deserved the win, didn't they? Um, they, they, they probably were the better side on the day. But like I said, George Griffin got us back into the game there, and disappointing. We sort of we clocked off again, didn't we? And let London score a really soft try right on half time and. Yeah, it was. I mean, my match report I was a bit. Dis- I was really disappointed at half time, and it was just one of those those flat performances again, a bit like the OKR game where where we didn't seem to get going. And I think Ian Watson alluded to it on his uh, on his interviews, and that I think you know players aren't realising how important these games are. I mean, you're fighting for survival here, and every minute matters, as they keep telling us. And we decided to start playing with about five minutes to go, didn't we? So. You know, you look at the back at the Huddersfield game where we came out of the blocks and we really, you know, took the game to them. I think that's where we need to be now, and especially against Batley and then going into that million pound game if we're fortunate enough to make it. That's how we've got to perform. You can't, you can't sort of just switch on and play five minutes here and there. You've got to play for eighty minutes, haven't you? Yeah, I think Jamie Jamie Soward really played well for London. I thought Paul I thought you know we dictated operations for them and we struggled. I think to, to obviously break them down. Uh, I know we got two quick tries at, at the end. Uh, through Josh Griffin, but you know, in the main, we didn't really trouble London. I thought. No, Jamie Soward, he bossed the game. I thought he did. He played really well. He, he kicked well. His kicking game was good, and he was at the heart of everything that London did well. And um, like I said before, they, they were a bit negative, London, and some of the supporters were saying they were offside and this that, and the other. But you know that's going to happen. They're going to come and play that sort of game, aren't they? Because they're not as quick as us. They've not got as many speeches as we've got on there. We're a quicker team than them, aren't we? On paper, we're a better side than them. But rugby league's not playing on paper, and you know that that's what happens sometimes. You've got to be wiser than that. You've got to, you know, be immune to that and, and play your play to your strengths and. I didn't think we did. I didn't think we played as a team. I thought we lacked intensity. And, uh, you know, you approach a game like that and, and nine times out of ten you, you get burnt, don't you? Yeah, I agree with that, Paul. Uh, talking about Ian Watson, this is uh, this is what he had to say uh, after the game. Well, it doesn't get much worse, does it? No, no, it's just embarrassing, really, from us. Um, and we, we all know that and we know that as individuals and we know that as a group as well, that that, that wasn't acceptable. Same question I've asked, to be honest with you. Um, I, I don't understand it when you when you. I don't know. It's a, it's a it's a dead set mentality thing. It's a mindset. When, when you're backed into a corner, then you you come out, you stand up, and you come out stronger, and you you fight for what what you want and what you believe in. And surely fighting for your <laughs> Super League career and um, your contracts and 
your family and stuff is enough motivation and inspiration for any player to turn up and want to play and you can't keep talking about it and keep telling people it's got to be the individuals have got to register that themselves in, in their mind they just look completely off the game today. From, from minute one they, they, they've absolutely underestimated London without a doubt and we've warned them all week and we've told them that this team are a good team and, and that's the thing we have a real good performance last week against Featherstone and we said about being better than what we were against Featherstone and improving on things and not kidding ourselves that because we'd beat Feverson that we'll blow other teams away. Um, that we still had to do the tough stuff. And, and we wasn't willing to do the tough stuff today. And then when we get the ball again, we start to force the ball out. And we start to make errors. And exactly like we did at Leeds, exactly like we did at Lee. And it's just it's a disrespect for the ball. And it's a disrespect of um, the opposition we're playing against as well. Unusual to hear the fans booing you at half-time as they came off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think they've really done that this, this year. The group have been really good, generally all year. And if you look at the league season, you'd say, yeah, they've done really well, and should where they were. We got in this champion, um, in this um, middle eights, and we had to approach that with the same mentality and the same winning mentality of play to win. And for some reason, we have it some weeks. Or, to be fair, there's, there's a lot of players who've got it every week. There's a small portion of players who've not got it, but we're not a team who rely on individuals we're a team that work together and work as a group and we can't have individuals turning up and not having that desire to, to play for each other and play um, play to win. Difficult to look at that team and see that it's basically the same squad that should have finished sixth in the regular season. Yeah. How do you turn it around for next week? Yeah. Oh, we, we've got to be honest as individuals. Generally, that's a good thing with, with rugby players and obviously there's a game next week that we can still kind of fix it. It's still kind of in our hands. But what we've got to have is a, a mindset that we've we've got we've got to win every single game and our backs are to the wall. But what, what do you want to do and and how do you want to be remembered for what you do? Do you want to be remembered that you kind of fell away in them games and you lost them games, or do you want to be remembered that you stood up and actually gripped them games by the throat and and you got the victories? And, and that's the difference between individuals and mindsets as well. I just we just didn't have the the right mindset completely going into that game as individuals. Uh, we'll, we'll probably have to get him scanned um, early this week, so we won't know until he, that's done. We don't know. We're unaware yet. He's um, limping around at the moment, so he's done his ankle. Yeah, well, he he gave us a bit of impetus straight away, and he's shown us what we should be doing, which was running hard and running direct and trying to come through the other side. And then we we've, we lost him pretty early, yeah. and that that affects you then because he was like say he was leading from the front. And Josh Jones did all that first half. Didn't he? Yeah, when he ran at him, when he ran at him, they, were, they couldn't handle him. Yeah. Um, but there was sometimes he was looking to play when he could have just run at him. But yeah, jo- Josh is one of them who creates a threat. Anyway, we just need people to be consistent with their performances and with what they're doing. How unsettling is all the doubt over Marwan's whether he's staying or going? Oh, to, to me, it, it doesn't. It doesn't play a part. It, it doesn't play a part because. What we're going to do, are we going to look back in a couple of weeks and just say, oh, well, I didn't play well because Marwan said that he was potentially going to leave. For, for me, and it's black and white, it's your, it's your career and it's your contracts that are on the line. You do everything you can to keep that contract and to fight for, for the team you're playing for, regardless of what somebody else has said. So, And I, I, know, I know it's easy to say it and people do think about the consequences on the back of it, but the fact is if we control what we control and we win games, 
Salford's still still a club in Super League next year. Has Marlon been in again this week? Stuff on Twitter saying he might have spoken to you and told him what his things are. Has there been any recent? Oh no, he just he had a chat with us earlier on in the week. That was it. Well, we know we, we know bits of it. Um, like I say, um, bits that he's wanted to divulge with us. He's, he's let us know. Um, like I say, whether Marwan wants to say any more on that, that'd be up to Marwan, kind of thing. Um, like I say, us as a group, we need to focus on playing and winning games, which we can control. We can't control anything else that goes on outside the room, but we can control that, and that's why it's disappointing that we've turned that performance out today. How difficult is it to keep the players' heads in the game? Give them everything that's going around. It's, it's, Did you say it's you know it's the jobs and the contracts? Yeah, it, 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 it seems more and more the the more the years are going. He was speaking to a player a, a, a while ago um, this week, and he he was saying about how it was old school and nobody ever kind of was not bothered really about like what the chairman said or what things were happening or what else was going on anywhere else. You just turned up and did your job. And you, and you play and you played for each other and you played to win. So I, I don't understand why people can't turn up and um, have the right mindset to go into a game to to just play to win that game because that's what you that's what you enjoy doing. That's what you love doing. So wh- why complicate it and start thinking about everything else that's going on? Just do your best, and if you do your best, everything else will take care of itself. It's when you don't give your best that's when you get questioned, and that's what we will be done today. We'll be questioned. We'll be questioned as a coaching group. We'll be questioned as a playing group. We'll be questioned as a club today of what our actual desire is or what our aims are. And really, it comes down to making sure that we just give our best every day. So, Ian Rotson, uh, not very happy with the performance. He's asking questions of his players, uh, you know, whether they, you know, they've got the ability and whether they want to win it, Paul. Um, like, like, we have to agree with him. He's, it, it did seem like an off performance and, you know, the boys will need to wake up in the next two games or it, it could just disappear, you know, in front of them, could it? Yeah, well, definitely. We, I mean, we keep having off performances, don't we? We had an off performance at Leeds. We had an off performance at home to OKR. We played well against Featherstone, and we don't seem to be able to... It's been the case all season. We don't seem to be able to string two or three performances together, you know, for 80 minutes. And that, that's the disappointing thing, really. I mean, you look at the side we had out there against London on, on uh, Saturday. You know, that side, it wasn't a side full of kids. It wasn't a side that had loads of injuries. That, that was probably our first choice choice side really that we could play apart from probably Mason, Kate and Brown but you know he should have been more than capable of getting a result and I don't know I don't know why it's flat I, I can't put my finger on it you know we've spoke about the off the field things and things like that and that doesn't help but um, but no we, we could have done without all the importance being on this game on Sunday but Sunday's game against Batley now it's like we keep saying do or die and we've got to perform we can't afford not to um, to lose this one yeah looking at the stats Paul uh, the top tacklers, Dobson, uh, put in 35 tackles. Uh, Logan Com- Tompkins with 28. Uh, Wellaraki with 24. Flanagan with 39. Uh, you know, the, the kind of London kind of tested our edge defence, especially with uh, Dobson uh, making 30, 35 tackles. You know, it's, it's a massive amount that, isn't it? You know, for him to be able to, you know, take them kind of tackles and then obviously, you know, having to do a bit in attack as well. Yeah, I thought he worked hard, Michael Dobson, on Saturday. I thought, I thought London targeted him, though. I thought they did. I thought they they played at him and they, they tried to wear him out, didn't they? But uh, but yeah, he credit London. I thought they played some good stuff and you know uh, the 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 halfback, the El- Eliab, I think his name was. I remember doing the team sheet before the game and they had some um, 
some names on there that were quite difficult to pronounce. Uh, I mean, it'd have been hard for you to pronounce, Rob. You struggle with some of our lads, don't you? But, uh, but some of them were a bit tricky. But yeah, he had a good game, that that guy, that Eliab. And, um, and Soward as well. We know about Jamie Soward, don't we? We spoke about him last week, didn't we? Saying how, he, how dangerous he could be. And, you know, at the big games, the big level levels that he's played at State of Origin, he, he bossed the game, didn't he? And it was disappointing from our point of view, the way we let him do that, because, I mean, Ian Watson probably spoke to the players about that in the week, and, you know, you've got to get on top of him, and I thought we he could have played in a dinner suit, really, Jamie Sowell. We didn't really, really, really get on top of him and put pressure on him. Yeah, uh, I was also, uh, Craig Cott, Jack Lintoff injured as well, he was a big loss. Yeah, uh, well, he's always our, always our go forward, uh, you know, forward, and him limping off, you know, behind the post with a bit of a, you know, kick in the teeth. Especially with two games to go, we'll need him back if, if he's obviously if he can get fit. Yeah, he's well. His ankle looked in a bit of a bad way. I saw a picture of it on the internet the other day. It looked really sore and sort of really blue and purple without putting any of our listeners off. It looked a bit dodgy. So yeah, and um, he looked in a bad way when he came off. Didn't he? he had to be helped off the field, and that was that was disappointing to see that because uh, you know Craig Copjack's probably going to be up there for player of the season, isn't he? And you know going into these last two games. He's he's sort of your main man and your main main goal forward man, so uh, I'm just hoping he's going to be back. You know, if not for this weekend, let's hope we've got him, got him back for that million pound game if we're to get to it. Yeah, we might have to get Yuri Geller's healing hands, like uh, you know when Beckham did his metatarsal. We might need to yeah. have a picture of Craig Cockett's ankle for us to you know to touch uh, before you know before the game to try and get a, try and get a bit of uh, you know health back into it because he's like you say he's a massive player for us. He's, He's carried, the, you know, carried the ball with Danny all season, and you know, if, if he isn't able to to make the two games, uh, you know, to come, it's going to be a massive, you know, step up for the rest of the forwards to to, to replace his, his goal forward and his, and his enthusiasm. Yeah, he's a leader as well, Craig Kopchak. He wears his heart on his sleeve, doesn't he? And you know, uh, with OKR bringing back uh, Jamie Peacock now, I mean. You know, likely is we we might end up playing them in that million pound game. But Craig Copjack's like our sort of equivalent to him, isn't he? He's yeah, I feel so much more comfortable when he's in the side and he's on the pitch. I think he's been a credit to himself and the, and the club this season. I think he's been tremendous. And like we'll go on to mention, I think he'll be up there for for Player of the Year and and, and probably some other awards as well. So I'm just hoping he gets some ice on that this week and hopefully be back fit. But I've not heard any news this this week yet. Obviously the squads haven't been announced, so we'll probably find out the next day or so. Yeah, looking at the other uh, stats, meter makers obviously with, with Craig Cockjack going off uh, early, um, he was he didn't feature in our top meter makers for the first time this season. Uh, our top meter makers looking at the list: uh, Adam Warren with seventy four, George Griffin with eighty four, uh, Gazel Brain with one hundred and thirty four, uh, Luke Burgess with ninety one, uh, Wellaraki with eighty eight. You know, forwards went forward, but obviously they weren't able to you know capitalise. And make big inroads into the uh, into the London defence. No, and that was disappointing when you've got like so we had Robert Louis on the pitch there, Michael Dobson, Gareth O'Brien, Naya Levels. You've got four blokes on there who, who you're looking for that X factor from, aren't you? That you know to create those chances, and we didn't. I didn't think we created that many chances really. In the first half we did. We bombed a couple of chances as I mentioned before. With Sal went close, Naya Levels went close, Josh Griffin knocked on with a line begging. So there was a few chances in the first half, but in the second half. No, there wasn't. I don't think we did create much really until that sort of last five minutes when we come back into it there. But uh, too little, too late. But that was disappointing, I thought, really, especially having those those four guys on the pitch. Yeah. So there we go. We lost 19-16 at home to London Broncos. We've got the, the three-word match reports uh, and had the matches. I'll just check the, the swearing machines working, Paul. Yeah, you bleep, bleep it. I've got the bleep out. You know, I'm going to test it. <laughs> I'm going to say, you know what? We're absolutely...
on Saturday. And we better not put up another performance like that. But anyway, so let's just check that it works again. Right, so three word match reports. Uh, Chairman Bob uh, said booked by Broncos. Uh, and his man of the match uh, was a micro pub. He started putting plugs in now. Grocer's micro pub. pub into a, mm, very good. Pub. It was, what was it the other week? Um... Was it curry or something? Yeah, I, week, wasn't it? I spoke to him about it yeah, actually, at, at, the, the game. at Leeds, I think it was. Wasn't it? He have a nice curry or something? Yeah, he said he said he got out the hot dog behind from behind the stand. Yeah. Said to tell Paul. Uh, okay, uh, Mancunians. Uh, they put OMG. Uh, John Hodgkinson, spineless, absolute disgrace. Uh, Gary Williams going down, uh, and his man of the match was fans for paying for that gutless. So. I'm saying, you know, like you say, it was it was a bad performance, going down, staying up, Paul. We don't know at the moment. Uh, it could go either way. We're just hoping that the boys, you know, put put performance in the next couple of weeks, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, as supporters, that's all we can do. It. We can just roll up and get behind them and, and cheer the lads on. And what'll be will be. Really, we can't really affect that. It's, I'm expecting us to beat Batley, Rob. I'm expecting us to win that game. And then, obviously, the million-pound game, it's a toss of a coin, really, and we're going to be going away to either OK or Huddersfield. So, I don't know. I won't want to put my mortgage on, on us winning winning that game. I think it's going to be tough, especially if it's away at OK. But, you know, it, we've got the players capable, Rob. I think a lot of it's down to in the head and confidence. Um, but on our day, we've got players that are more than good enough to, to, to win that game. But it's, it's a game I didn't want to be in. And obviously, it's looking like we're going to be in it now. So we just hope the players are going to turn up. And one thing we can't do is if we are to get in the million pound game, you can't turn up flat for that game, can you? It is 80 minutes in it. And some players like livelihoods are on, on the line, aren't they? Really, you know, we get relegated. And a lot of the contracts, I think they're null and void, aren't they? If you get relegated out of Super League and you're sort of starting again, then aren't you? So um, I think it's it's a massive couple of weeks for the, for the club and the supporters. Yeah, I agree with that, Paul. Uh, John Walton wanted to know if our, swear, uh, if our swearing machine was working. See, working, John. Next uh, one, we got Adam Thurso. Really. Uh, p Pot, bag of. And his man of the match was, was Cock Jack, even though he played only for five minutes. Uh, Neil Charnock, uh, box of. And uh, Simon the kit man. Uh, he puts in a, a fine effort every week getting uh, getting the kit right, Paul. So he's he's worth a mention uh, for one week, isn't he? Definitely, definitely. Always looks looks lovely, nice and pressed and ironed. Very good. <laughs> uh, Mr. <laughs> Stewart, rela- uh, re- relegated, relegated, relegated. Mike Pevert, speechless, uh, and Peter Williams relegated. Uh, and the last one is that uh, the Peter Williams? That, no, no. Oh no, oh, right. no Peter Wilkinson, it was. Relegated, oh, really? uh, and the last one we've got is uh, Stephen Dawson, uh, terrible, spineless, inept, uh, and he hasn't got a man in the match. So yeah, so that that was that was a, the, our listeners' uh, views. Obviously, got to remember that this is like ten minutes after the uh, after the final. Yeah, you, you can understand. You can understand Robbie people's frustrations. I mean, as I said to you before, I mean, I was shaking coming out of the ground on on Saturday. I'm not afraid to say it. Either. I really was sort of. I felt. It was strange because it was like a really numb feeling because he wasn't really expecting that. I was expecting to win it. It, was, it wasn't just we played really well and got beat. It was the manner of the defeat, really. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It just felt like a real a real shock. And um, I came home Saturday night and my family had all gone to Newcastle. So I was home on my own and I watched the game. I watched it back and 
it, yeah, it was it was strange. It, it was a funny one, and you start thinking then about relegation and million pound game and what have you, don't you? And you know, last few weeks we've been saying, oh, well, there's a few more games yet. We've still got time to turn it around, but it's becoming real now, isn't it? We we haven't really got time to turn it around now. It's we we are going to be in that at best, aren't we? So uh, yeah, it's worrying, and you can understand supporters, you know, being frustrated because uh, no, it's, I think to get relegated this time, I think it's, it'd be a, a big blow. Yeah, I agree with that, Paul. I'll tell you what it felt like. It felt like when we went down in 2007, was it, when we went down? Um, yeah. I remember going to London, uh, going to London. Went to, we went to Warrington with about three games to go, two games to go. Uh, that was, got, was it 2002? Oh, it was when we won there. Did we win there? No, no, when we got beat, it was. We got beat at Warrington in 2008. Yeah, yeah, you're right, end. yeah. And uh, I remember getting, thinking, get, I remember someone like, I think it was Lee Parade or someone, Dummied over, dummied like through our defence, went to the post and scored. I thought, that's yeah. it. We're not, we're not good enough. And I got, I got on the train on the way home. And I just sat there on the train all the way, thinking, we're not good enough. We're not good enough. And 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 you could see the players just, like you said, they were struck, yeah. struggling with fear and and were they would they just weren't grasping the fact that you know they needed to find another gear and find another level to lift themselves, you know, to, to get yeah. back into the. And we had the some good players that season as well, Rob. If you yeah. remember, we finished fifth the season before, and we. We signed some big names in, didn't we? But it just didn't work out, did it? Yeah, yeah. And it felt, it felt, it felt a bit like that against London. I really yeah. hoping that the, the players and, and coaching staff and now and everyone has just had a week of like, you know, getting together and, and you know, saying, mate, the, you know, the, the rock stops here. We don't go any lower than this. We'll go out there and, and, and we go and win it. Because I don't want to go through yeah. that in 2007. Just, you can just see it coming like a car crash and you think, there's nothing you can do about it, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think um, I think it's important that everybody sort of sticks together this week, and I hope my ones there and focusing on the, the things they need to be focusing on. I mean, there's a lot of off the field stuff at the moment, and the oh yeah, stuff about Newcastle Knights, what we'll probably talk about in the news, and my ones being linked to this, that, and the other. And I think it's about time people started concentrating on Salford and you know getting us out of this mess because we're in a mess here, and it needs sorting out. And I think that should be the, the primary focus. Should be everybody should be focusing on battling and, and winning that game. You got a man of the match for me, Paul? Well, you've dropped me in it here. I've not really <laughs> thought about that too. Yeah. I thought Michael Dobson worked really hard. Yeah. But it was it was one of those games where it was hard really to, to pick a standout player out because uh, you know there wasn't anybody who really who really stood out for me. I thought Junior Sow did well. Yeah. I thought Junior Sow played well this season and he was a bit unlucky not to score. He blew a bit of a chance, but he was really lively and, you know, he made a couple of breaks on that. But, uh, you know, I'd probably go for, for Junior Sauer. Nobody really stood out to me on, on Saturday. Like, you normally have Copjack there. He's your, your safe bet. You can all rely on him. But with him going off going off injured and he'd not been on long either, obviously, because he started on the bench. So, it was it was a difficult one, really, to, to come up with a man in a match. Yeah, I think I'm going to go for, for uh, Josh Griffin. I think two tries uh, at the end. You know, showing, obviously, we all know he's going to to hold at the end of the season, but, you know, he, he obviously didn't put his, uh, the uh, cue on the rack this time. He, you know, he two tries at the death to try and pull us to victory. You know, for, for me, you know, it shows he, he's, he's committed and he's, he wants the best uh, for the club. So, uh, now we've talked about the game against London and the defeat. Now we'll, what we'll do, we'll uh, talk about what our amateur sides did uh, this week uh, in their results and fixtures with Paul.
Hey, welcome to this week's Devil in a Detail Amateur Review and I'll start as usual with the Salford Red Devils under-19s who played Wakefield Trinity away from home at weekend and uh, came up short, 22 points to 14, Wakefield uh, won the match. Wakefield raced into a 16-0 lead but Elliot Kane pulled a try back for uh, Salford Red Devils under-19s to make it 16-4 at half-time but the, the Young Devils did really well getting the score back to 16-14 with a Jack Cottington try and a Lewis Fairhurst goal and then a try from Brad Whelan but Wakefield scoring uh, towards the end just to edge Ed Salford out 22 points to 14. They've had a really good season the under-19, some fantastic victories. I mean, the one at Leeds the week before was absolutely superb. They made a lot of progress and let's hope we see some of those those young lads progressing through to the first team you know, in the near future and maybe even next season. So congratulations to everyone involved with the under-19s. Gareth Carvel and his team done done a really good job and, uh, and good luck for next season and enjoy the off-season. Moving on to the National Conference Leagues, uh, Mayfield in the Premier Division beats Wigan St. Pat's by 49 points to 34 away from home. Bit of a basketball score there, leading 24 points to 16 at half-time. Real thriller in the second half, Mayfield winning 49-34. So that win leaves Mayfield fourth from top in the table, just a point behind West Hull. Now it's a bit of a tight tight lead, that Sidor still leading the Premier Division. Lee Minor Rangers are currently second, and Rochdale Mayfield face Lee Minor Rangers this coming Saturday on the 24th, so a big game there for Mayfield. Salford City Roosters in Division 2 went down by 32 points to 18 at home to Saddleworth Rangers. So the fixtures for this week, as I said, Rochdale Mayfield play Lee Minor Rangers in a big game there. And uh, Salford City Roosters in Division 2 take on Lee East. So at the moment the City Roosters are currently fourth from bottom, three places above our Lee East. So that'll be another tough test for the City Roosters this weekend. In the North West Men's League, we've got quite a few scores to get through there. First, a big congratulations to Folly Lane. They beat Bank Key Bulls by 24 points to 18. Another big result for Folly. They're now third from top in Division 1, just three points behind Latchford Albion. Oral St. James is top on 28 points, so they're quite away in front of um, Folly Lane. So it's going to be hard for them to catch them. But Latchford Albion in second place is a real chance of catching them now. So all the best to Folly this weekend. In Division 2, it was Halton Farmworth Hornets 36, Berry Broncos 28. Oldham St Anne's A44, Lee East A22, Rochdale Mayfield A22, Lee Minor Rangers A38, Manchester Rangers 30, Witness Tigers 32. And in Division 3, Bold Miners 54, Fitton Hill 0. Division 4, Bolton Mets against Little Hulton Reds was postponed. Berry Broncos A6, Kulchef Eagles 60, Eccleston Lions 29, West Horton Lions 6, Garswood Stags 38, Caddy Zed Rhinos 14, and Rochdale Cobras 24, Manchester Rangers A0. In Division 5, there was one result, Runcorn 50, Langworthy Reds 20. So the fixtures for this weekend start as usual for Manchester Rangers Friday night, 23rd of September. It's Manchester Rangers against Rochdale Mayfield Day. The rest of the games are on Saturday the 24th. Division 2, there's a game between Leyland Warriors and Oldham St Anne's. In Division 3, it's Fitton Hill against Wollstone Rovers A. Division 4, Bolton Mets against Rochdale Cobras. Caddies and Rhinos against Little Hulton Reds. Garswood Stags versus Manchester Rangers A. And West Hart and Lions versus Berry Broncos A. One match in Division 5, that's Langworthy Reds versus the Leyland Warriors. We have one result in the Women's uh, League this week. Can just gone. Selby Warriors nil, Rochdale Hornets 24. So a good win there for the Rochdale Hornets ladies. So now the, the North West Youth League in the under-18s. We had um, one result in the Hillary Steele Memorial under-18s Group C. That was Waterhead nil, Clockface Miners 18. In the under-16s plate final, it was Oldham St Anne's 10, West Bank Bears 18. And in the under-16s Division 2, Saddleworth Rangers 
28, Dalton 12, and in Division 3 of the under-16s, it was Blackpool, Stanley 18, Langford Reds 0, and a great win for Folly Lane under-16s. They beat Leyland Warriors by 64 points to 0. There are no fixtures scheduled for this weekend in the North West Youth League. And finally this week, we've got a bit of news from our good friend Bob Speakman at Caddy's Head Rhinos. The Rhinos under-15s had a friendly with Oral St. James and they won by 22 points to 12 at Oral. So a good result there for the Rhinos under-15s. And a bit more news, Caddy's Head Rhinos are in the process of getting a new clubhouse and the club itself has pledged to raise £10,000 towards the cost with this in the mind. The club are coming up with fundraising ideas for which is buy a brick. This involves purchasing a brick which will have whatever you want to put on it's in two lines, a maximum of 32 letters. This will then be put in the new build at a cost of £25 a brick. At the moment, we are just taking names of interested people. If you are interested, please contact Steve Guy and his phone number is 079-463-66781. So cheers for that, Bob. Thanks for keeping us informed and good luck to everybody at Caddy's Head Rhinos and all the best for the rest of the season. That's it for me, Amateur Report this week. I'll catch you next week. Cheers for that, Paul. So now what we'll do, we'll have a talk about who we think our Player of the Year should be uh, for the podcast. So end of season, Player of the Year time on the Devil in Detail podcast. Um, You know, apart from the last few weeks, Paul, of, of stress and strain, you know, We've had some good performances this season and the players should be proud of their efforts um, so far. Yeah, yeah, there has been, mate. Yeah, there's been there's been some good good performances. There's been some some poor ones, but yeah, there has been some really good performances. You know, you go back to the start of the season and uh, yeah, there, there, like we said before, a lot of the off the field stuff, the players not really their fault a lot of that. So I don't I don't think we should be too harsh on them this season. I think there has been some good displays and you know some good improvements from some of the players from last season as well. Yeah, obviously, you know, we've had a we had a little talk, haven't we, between us all, the different people on the show, the different presenters, and we've we've nominated our uh, shortlist of, of the, the top players of the season, uh, the young player of the season, the most improved players. So what we'll do, we'll start with the, the nominations for the uh, the player of the season. Our first nomination uh, is Craig Cop Jack Paul. Uh, he's been a leader throughout and well deserved, uh, you know, nomination for the uh, for the award. Yeah, he gets my vote, mate, definitely. Um, I think he, if you go back through like the, the podcasts, you know, throughout the season, what we I he used to be like me, like a broken record every week. Saying Craig Cobjack was a man of the match, or Craig Cobjack did this, that, and the other, and he was just so um, consistent, wasn't he, with his performances, and he, he never put a foot wrong, really, did he? And to me, I'd make him the captain next season if he, if you know, if, if he's still there at the club and we stay up and what have you, because. Uh, I just admire his, the way he performs every week and just genuinely looking at the way he cares about the club and the way he wears his heart on his sleeve and I just think he's a, he's a, he's a top bloke and a, and a good player, really, really good player. Yeah. So he'd get my vote. Real workhorse uh, in the in the pack. He's our second uh, top carrier uh, with 303 carries uh, this season. You know, really big effort for him. From him. And like you said, he's a leader and he is, he's, you know, inspiring uh, the boys around him just to give that extra ten percent, and that extra ten percent can mean all the difference. And and he's well worth, I think, a nomination for the Player of the Year uh, for 2016. You think of some of the props we've had over the last sort of ten or fifteen years, Robin. He's probably one of the best ones. I can't think of many better props than him. We've had some decent ones, haven't we? You know, trying to think back now. Yeah, we had Andy Platt, didn't we? When we first got up to Super League, Cliff Eccles was there, wasn't he? Then we, 
you know, more recent times, Ray Cashmere, Craig Stapleton. So we've had some, you know, big big names that we've been in the front row, haven't we? But you know, he's up there with with all of them. I think he's he's a really top player. Yeah. So there, he's our first uh, nomination for the Player of the Year um, for 2016. Uh, the next nomination we've got is Junior Tell uh, Paul. You know, he's a fan's favourite, and he puts 100% commitment into every game. And he's uh, also another one who's uh, well deserving of this uh, nomination. Yeah, you can't whack Junior Sal's commitment. Uh, the lad does his best every every week, and uh, I think he's improved a lot this season from from last season. He's uh, definitely been playing well in these qualifying games, anyway. And you know, I like the the fact with Junior Sal as well um, going off his off his playing at the end of the game, the way he sort of stays behind and shakes everybody's hand. And I think he really does care about the club and thinks a lot of the supporters as well. And that's lovely to see that because you you don't see that from all players, there and you know, uh, I think sometimes players take the supports for granted, but I know Junior Sal doesn't, and he's a very talented player as well. And I, mean, I think he's our top try scorer, I think, this season at the moment. So, um, so yeah, he's he's well worthy of a shout as well, and he, he deserves some recognition for another good season. Yeah, top try scorer with 13, fourth uh, in the assists um, with seven. Uh, you know, he came uh, into the season, uh, Paul, uh, looking physically fitter than he did last season. And, you know, his performances throughout the season have been, you know, outstanding. You can forget that try against Castleford in the cup where he, he shimmied and ran 60 yards. You know, moments like that is, is why, you, you know, he gets nominated for this award. Yeah, definitely. He looks a lot sharper this season than he did last season, doesn't he? He does. He seems to trim down a bit, lost a bit of weight. And he has. He's been um, he's been a shoo-in every week, really, hasn't he? In the centres, he's probably first-choice centre when the, the team sheet's announced and um, I just hope he's another one we just hope we'll hang on to him because uh, it's been good watching him progress because uh, I think he's improved since he's come to Salford I think he's, he's a better player than what he was when he came yeah next nomination uh, we've got is uh, Gaz O'Brien um, coming uh, in, new into the into the team uh, this season uh, Paul playing outstanding at fullback and really you know showing uh, he's got a talent and he's got great things ahead of him uh, and a great performance this season yeah, well, he's, he's sort of slipped into that position, really. I mean, he's been a bit of a surprise package, really, because when we signed O'Brien, he's probably more of a backup sort of standoff, wasn't he? Backup halfback. And, um, you know, I know he's probably played at fullback before, but he wasn't like a recognised fullback. But he's made that spot his own. And I think you've got to give him a lot of credit for that because last season we had Nia Levels there. I mean, Nia Levels was like the golden boy last season, wasn't he? You know, playing really well, scoring loads of tries. And, and Gareth O'Brien sort of took that fullback spot off him, didn't he? And, and unfortunately for Niall, he's found it hard to get to get into the side. And Niall's a very talented player, and for Gareth O'Brien to keep him out of the side, I think that's that's um, you know testament to, to Gareth O'Brien. But he's not let anybody down at all. O'Brien this season, he's very good under the high ball. You know, he never shirks, and he's very brave as well. And also, he's he's a very good attacking threat as well. So uh, I've been really impressed with Gareth O'Brien this season. He's had the odd wobble in in certain games, but um, but very very committed player and a very useful player, and he's still only very young as well. Yeah, our top try assister with 22 uh, and our top goal kicker as well with, with 51 uh, conversions so far. Paul, you know, he's, he's, he's great at fullback, he's great in the half-back position as well uh, and he's able to fill in, you know, both positions and, you know, you need players like that, don't you, uh, to make good yeah. teams and uh, he's done outstanding this season well worth the nomination. Yeah, of course you do. He's a very versatile player and as you just mentioned there, he's a, he's a very reliable goal kicker as well. And, you know, he's kicked, he's kicked really well this season and, uh, and yeah, it is. It's good to have him there. He, you know, he can fill in at half-back as well. But like I said before, he, he has made that, that full-back role his own. And I think it's going to be very difficult to, to shift him from that position. Yeah, next uh, 
player to be nominated for our Player of the Year award uh, is George Griffin. Uh, been outstanding this year, uh, Paul. Uh, really gone up a, a gear um, and definitely got lots of good goal forward and uh, great performances through the season from him. Definitely. He's a player that um, I think's improved as, as the season's gone on. Um, I remember going to the whole game at the first game of the season and thinking, blimey, he's, he's a bit small in that George Griffin. Are we going to go on this season? So all sort of blew us away, didn't they? But, you know, a couple of weeks later, we're going to say Ellen's outstanding. And, um, you know, for not the biggest prop forward in the world, he doesn't have to run that ball in hard and make some yards. And when he comes off there, you see him, he's absolutely shattered when he comes off when he's done his 20, 25 minutes or whatever his spell. And, um, yeah, he takes some stopping and he scores the odd try as well, George Griffin. I think he's a talented player. He likes to get the ball out as well, a good offload on the ball. And he's another one who's already young. He's got time on his side. And, you know, Sometimes you think of prop forwards and that. Sometimes prop forwards don't sort of mature until the late twenties and that. And you know we've had plenty of prop forwards. You know in the early thirties, haven't we? You know that twilight end of the career, and that's when they come into their own. And you know George Griffin's got all that in front of him, and he's got all the attributes to go on and be a really, really top forward. Yeah, our top tackler uh, with uh, seven hundred and fifty-nine tackles, uh, Paul. You know he's a real workhorse, and every pack needs uh, you know one like one like George Griffin. Uh, and you know he's well worthy of the, the nomination for Player of the Year. So is he the actual top tackler for the club? Yeah, 759 that's tackles. That's, that's fantastic. That, that just shows that, the, I mean, you're going after runs that he does. But to be top tackler as well, I mean, I, I thought that might be Logan Tompkins or somebody like that. But no, that's a tremendous, tremendous effort, that. And I mean, he definitely deserves to be up there in the nominations for Player of the Year. Yeah. Uh, the final uh, nomination for the top uh, Player of the Year uh, goes to Josh um, Jones. Uh, Paul, uh, he's been outstanding in the centre. He's been outstanding in the second row, and he's definitely had that bit of the uh, you know X factor, I think, and a bit of attacking punch uh, when he gets the ball, and he's well worthy of that that nomination. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's he's done well, Josh Jones. He's had a few in and out performances, but I think towards the end of the season, he's coming to his own really, hasn't he? Um, he's another one that's improved as the season's gone on. I think we've we've sort of struggled, haven't we, to to fit him in the side. Where's his best position? Is it centre? Is it second row? Well, he doesn't let you down in, in either positions, really. And he's, uh, oh, he's an experienced player. He's played at, at St. Helens there. And he's a player that, you know, you could be looking at hanging on to as well if you're going to go up to that next level in Super League. So, uh, very talented player, Josh Jones. And I think there'll be a lot more to come from him in the near future. Yeah, he's our top offloader uh, with 38 offloads uh, so far uh, this season, Paul. And I think, you know, he's attacking threat and also his defence. Uh, you know, shows he's, he's committed to the cause and I think all good teams need a Josh Jones and a, and a George Griffin, uh, you know, to take him to the next level and I think he's well worth uh, the nomination for the uh, the player of the year for me. Yeah, definitely. He's a dangerous player as well, Josh Jones, isn't he? He's big. He's got that size as well, hasn't he? And he's got that sort of handoff and very, very powerful player as well and as we just mentioned before, he's at home in the pack or the centre. So, uh, so, yeah, I think he's done well, Josh Jones, this season. Yeah, so what we'll do now, we'll move on to our, our next uh, category. The next category we've got is the uh, Young Player of the Year, Paul. Um, looking at the, the young players we've got, um, we've got some good youngsters coming through and it's uh, you know it's going to be a very good contest this uh, to see who the fans think is you know worthy of the Young Player of the Season award. Yeah, we certainly have. And it's just a shame that in this, like we said the other week, in this mid-late competition, we've struggled. And, you know, if we'd have been safe and in Super League now, we could have blooded some more of these youngsters. And it'd have been nice to see, you know, Lewis Ferrers come in, Matty Wilkinson and, you know, Connor Williams as well, who we did see earlier in the season. It'd be nice to see them getting a, a bit of a run. But obviously, 
it's it's been hard to to do that now, hasn't it? You know, with us having to win the, these last few games. But you know, going back to the under 19s they, they've had some really good results this season, haven't they? And you know, we've also had the likes of Sean Kenny coming in from from Warrington as well, who's not let us down when he's played. He's still only very young and. He's still he's still a bit green, Sean Kenny, but he's got he's got that commitment. Wears his heart on his sleeve. Plenty playing with a lot of passion as well. And uh, don't forget, Nia Levels isn't is no old man, is he? So he's, he's still there. And Jake Bibby as well, who we saw. Um, we've not seen him much recently, but he played well when he got his opportunity. I remember him having a really good game at the uh, the Magic Weekend at Newcastle. So yeah, there's been there's been a lot of um, good signs. And young Ryan Lannan's another one there. He's He's done really well, hasn't he, and, and played well when he's when he's been asked to, to come into the side. Yeah, so obviously looking looking down that list, the nominations: Sean Kenny coming in mid-season, Paul, uh, and showed a lot of spark, a lot of uh, you know uh, passion and commitment and, and effort around the ruck, um, and definitely gave us an extra you know yard in that area. And I think he's uh, you know he's got a bright future ahead of him, uh, and he's going to be a big contender for this uh, young player of the year award. Yeah, he certainly has got a big future ahead of him, Sean Kenny. I think, yeah. Um... He's got to have a good pre-season now, you know, once this season's over and then hopefully he's going to be around challenging Logan Tompkins for, for next season in the hooking role. Obviously, we're losing Tommy Lee, I think, aren't we? So, uh, I think we've already lost him, haven't we? So, um, you know, it's going to be uh, up to him to step up now and, and be challenging Logan Tompkins. Yeah, next nomination for the young player we've got Ryan Lannan. Um, you know, second row. Uh, he showed moments of magic throughout the season. He's still a young kid, like you said, and it's, it's a matter of him, you know, continuing to build, but he's, he's shown enough this season to definitely be nominated in this category. Yeah, I think he's a classic player, Ryan Lennon. Um Sometimes, you you know, I've no disrespect to George Griffin, but certain players, you know, like George, we were talking about his work rate there and what have you, but I think with Ryan Lennon, you've got that bit more sort of classiness about him, haven't you? And he can do those, those magic things and that. He's got a very good sort of background, amateur background and coming through to the... The 19s and what have you as well. So uh, I think Ryan Lannan's, you know, real sort of potential for the for the future. He's a real sort of star in the making. Isn't he? Ryan Lannan, he's, he's one of those players you've got to be, got to be nurtured, aren't you? You don't want to throw him in too soon and burn him out. And um, I think Ian Watson needs to. I think next season, I think we we'll see good things from Ryan Lannan. I think he'll get a lot more game time next season, which will be good to see. Yeah, next young player. Uh, to be nominated for the Young Player of the Year, we've got is Jake Bibber. Um, you know, he's, he's he's shown good signs when he's when he's come on. Um, and you know, I suppose it's all about developing in, uh, you know, in the next couple of years for him. But um, he's definitely put on, you know, a good performances in the red shirt, and he's well worthy worthy of uh, the nomination. Yeah, definitely. I was just mentioning before about when we seen him in the, the the Magic Weekend. I didn't think he let us down at all when he played. I think he stood up. He's he's had to play in some pressure games as well. Well, Jake Bibby and. Um, you know, it's been difficult this season, and it? it's been a, with all the off-field stuff that's gone on. That that must play on some of the young lads' minds. I mean, it's not like you know, young kids that come in at Wigan there; they've got superstars all over the pitch. You know, massive crowd following every week, and you know, coming in at Salford, it's a bit there's a bit more pressure there, I think, sometimes, and to perform, and you know, with, with stuff stuff going on in the background. So, so I think he's done well when he's had his opportunity, Jake Bibby, and I thought he did really well at the Magic Weekend. I sort of feared. Feared for him a bit there. I thought he might get a bit exposed, but but he didn't. He played really well, and uh, you know he's another one who's got a very bright future in, in the game. Jake Bibby, good good player, good solid defender as well. Yeah. So the final nomination for Young Player of the Year we've got is Niall Evels. Um, he's been last year obviously our number one uh, fullback, but with Gaz O'Brien coming in, he's been shifted around, played in the centre, played in the wing, and he's, he's he played you know really good when he's got the perform, got the chance to perform, hasn't he? 
He has. I was very impressed with him at St. Helens. He scored two tries at St. Helens at Langtree Park, and I think he played in the centre that night, and I was really impressed with him. And I thought this season he's played at full-back, he's played at stand-back, he's played at centre, he's played on the wing. He's been all over the place, hasn't he? And he never lets you down wherever he plays now. I think I felt a bit sorry for him earlier in the season because I think he was a bit low on confidence, wasn't he? You know, with with losing his, he must have hurt his pride a bit losing his his fullback spot to to Gareth O'Brien. But you know, when he's been called upon, he's he's come in and he's he's done the business. He scored, he scored the odd try here and there. He's always there in the right place at the right time. Nile levels and you know, Nile levels will be back. I think he'll be back next season. I think you know he's he's too good a player to be to be left out on that side. I think he'll find his place wherever it may be on the wing in the in the centre. I don't know where his his best position is going to be yet, but. Um, He's a, he's a very good player now, very talented, lots of pace, and he knows where the child is as well. So I think I think we'll see a lot of that soon. Yeah, it's going to be a, a tough category, that, Paul, to see who, who our listeners think is the young player of the year. His night level's not too old to be in the young player of the year, though, as we were saying before. He's not that old, is he? But no. no he seems we... to have been around forever, though, doesn't he, night levels? Mm, yeah, I've got a drone. We should have really thought about that. I've just... Yeah, well, do we, do, should we keep him in? I don't think that? I don't think there's an, there's an age limit on young player of the year. He's, he's less than 25, in it, so to me that's still young, isn't it? Yeah, that'll do. I For old fogies like us, it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> to be 25 again, Paul. Eh? That'll be yeah. that's, that's the dream. <laughs> um, so the final final category um, for the Devil in Details uh, player awards, we've got uh, the most improved uh, players. A few players already been mentioned. Uh, the first player to be nominated in this category is uh, George Griffin. Um, you know, like, like we said before, Paul. You know, he's had a really good season and he's gone up a couple of levels uh, and it's great to see uh, and hopefully more to come next season. Yeah, he has gone up a few levels. I mean, last season when he came and um, he never let us down, did he? He worked his socks off and his, his effort was always there. But this season, he just looks a totally changed player, doesn't he? He's still, like I said before, he's not the biggest of, of prop forwards, but my God, he, he doesn't have to run the ball in hard and never takes a backward step, does he? And I think he's really improved, George Griffin. And You know, there must be other clubs looking at him now thinking, Blimey, he could do a job for us. So uh, so he's another one we need to make sure we tie him down because uh, you know, he's been there a few seasons now and uh, that's what you want. You want players who are... You want stability at your club, don't you? And players that feel part of it. And I think with the academy, you sort of get that. Now your level's come through the ranks and a few of the other lads have come through the ranks the Warren brothers and that they have an affinity to solve and don't look a loyalty you don't always get that with, with other players you know journeyman players who've been all over the show so um, you know players who've been there for a while it becomes embedded into them and the Salford way doesn't it and I think I think that's something that's important you know going into the next few seasons yep next uh, player to be nominated in our most improved player uh, is Junior South uh, like we said this season he came into the, the season uh, looking the part uh, and he, he showed some great performances throughout, and he's much improved uh, on the on the last season's uh, performances. Yeah, and he scored some good tries as well as you mentioned before. The one at Castleford, where he sort of uh, shuffled his hips and, and just went, didn't he? And uh, it was a great try that. And uh, yeah, I think he's done well this season. His defence has improved as well, Junior South. I think his defence was a bit iffy at times, so that's improved as well. So. Uh, yeah, he's another player that I'd like to see at Salford next season. But, you know, you hear the rumours and this, that and the other about him going. And let's just hope he is because the fans love him, don't they? The supporters love him. He's always the last one on the pitch. You know, against London on, on Saturday, I think he was out there on his own, signing autographs and having his picture taken with everybody. And that. And uh, he seems a lovely bloke as well, doesn't he? So, uh, so yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm very pleased he's at our club junior. I think he's a sound bloke. Yeah. Uh, third player to be nominated in the most uh, improved player is Michael Dobson, Paul. Um 
this season for me is he's grown into his his his, le his leadership roles um, and you know he's put in some good performances and and got the team uh, around the field and that's what you need experience and he's he's definitely showed uh, what he's good at. He certainly has. He gets a lot of stick, Michael Dobson, off off certain supporters and some call for a lot of it. I think he's he's carried that that team in certain games this season. Um, he's been on his own a lot of the time. You know, Robert Lewis. For one thing and others, I think he's been carrying injuries, and I think he still looks looks that way now. I mean, you look at him on on Saturday, he looks like he's limping, his legs heavily strapped, and that. So he's not really had that support from number six, Dobson, and he's had to do a lot of it himself. And um, no, he, his kicking game has been good, and you know he's another one. He he, he grafts in, he puts a lot of tackling. In. The game against London, prime example on Saturday, did loads of work and that, and you know he doesn't go hiding at all, Michael Dobson. He's always there doing doing the graft and. Uh, yeah, I think he's. He, last season, I thought he was carrying an injury, Dobson, um, and he'll, he'll probably admit that to himself, won't he? And this season, he's got himself a lot fitter, a lot sharper, and uh, I think we've we've got the best out of him this season. Yeah, I think the team's kind of like better for him as well. I think uh, obviously last season's team, you know, didn't really play to his strengths, did it really? Um, well, he didn't really play with Rangy Chase. Uh, yeah. I don't think him and Rangy Chase dovetailed together, did they? Um, I don't think that partnership works. So I think this season he's, uh, I think he's more in it this season, isn't he? Yep, I'm, I'm saying he's definitely well, uh, well um, in the uh, running for the most improved player of 2016. Uh, and we'll have to wait and see whether our listeners, uh, you know, back him or, or vote for someone else. Our final nomination for the uh, most improved player of 2016 goes to uh, Mason Caton Brown. Uh, Paul, you know, he, he came in uh, due to injuries and, and, and turned into a a try-scoring machine for us, didn't he? Yeah, he looked a totally different player, didn't we? We got a glimpse of him, didn't we? You know, when he first signed, and I think he, I think he made his debut at Huddersfield, if I'm not mistaken, away from home. And I remember him scoring in that game, and he was like lightning. I think it's the the, the day um, Kevin Locke made his debut, and he had a good game that game as well. And um, but we didn't see much of him then, did we? He was sort of in and out of the side. I think he had a few injuries as well. When he came back from his injury this season. Like you said there, became into a, a, a try machine, didn't he? he? He looked so dangerous, so explosive. He looks a lot bigger as well, you know, upper, upper body, upper body strength. When we first signed him, he was just a bit of a slip of a lad, really, wasn't he? Like a little boy on the wing, you know, loads of pace, but, you know, nothing of him. But like now he's he's turning into, you know, the real thing, isn't he? And it's just so disappointing that we're losing him. He's going to Wakefield next season because, uh, you know, he's he's looked, you know, the farm, farm player for us, hasn't he? In in recent weeks, so uh, but yeah, he's definitely definitely improved, and I think he's a good shout for that award. Yeah, scored some outstanding outstanding tries as well. I can remember that the the weaving run against the Lee, uh, fantastic eighty meter break, and you know he scores he scores tries like that, but then he also dies over the line uh, against was it Huddersfield in the corner scores. Yeah, good you finish. Know, yeah, and it's uh, you know it's a it's a sign of a good winger that he can score two different kind of tries like that in it. He certainly is. He's like you say, he's full of pace, but he can also finish as well. He's a very clever finisher. And you look at some of the wingers now in Super League. You know that that Denny Solomon at um, Castleford. I think he scored 37 tries in Super League this season. And a lot of them, he's like a it's like a bloody acrobat the way he goes over it. You know, in the corner, you know, dodging the corner flag. And you see some of the tries. They like they are like gymnasts, aren't they? Some of the wingers, the way they get over it. It's like unbelievable how they get the ball down, isn't it? So uh, I think you've got you've got to have that sort of parts of your game now and Mason Caton Brown he's has been developing that I think that sort of athleticism to be able to finish and uh, and yeah just like I said gutted we're losing him yeah devastating he's going to Wakefield but you know he, he showed outstanding uh, signs this season he's much improved uh, and that's why he's got his uh, nomination for the most 
Improved Player in 2016. So that's the, the three categories, Paul. Um, the listeners can obviously decide that who they think should be the Player of the Year and the Young Player of the Year and the Most Improved Player of the Year. Uh, and obviously, I'll put the link up on the, the Facebook and the Twitter. Uh, cast your vote. And what we'll do, we'll, we'll announce the winner uh, on the next week's show. And it'll be interesting to see you know, how our listeners vote. Have we decided what they're going to win, Bob? Have we got an award for them? Well, I think we, could, we might be able to go to, um, what they call it, the trophy shop in Swinton and get them a little okay. trophy. Not, we're, not, we're not talking the, uh, the European Cup here. But we might or make them, them a nice cake. We might, might, might make them a nice cake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that, that that that'll put the extra that'll that'll give the extra ten percent back against Batler this week. That you know yeah, they might get. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. <laughs> but yeah, that's fine. Like I say, if you want to vote for your for your for your players, uh, click on the link uh, on the Facebook page and the Twitter, and uh, we'll see who the uh, the winners are uh, next season, next week. So now what we'll do after that, we'll have a look uh, forward uh, to the game against Batler. On Sunday. It's time for the Devil of the Details Big Match Preview. So, massive game for the Sulphur Red Devils away at Batley Bulldogs on Sunday, Paul. I don't think we can, I don't think words can describe how important this game is, can it? No, um, you wouldn't have been expecting this, would you? Uh, you know, a few months ago or start of the season, whatever, you were going to Batley to to get a result but you know it's come to this and it, yeah it's a massive game now but um, it's, it's a game we can win definitely obviously it is so um, I don't think we've got to overplay it it's just go, go and play our normal game and players all play to their potential we should uh, we should be able to beat Batley comfortably but we've just got to be, be, be prepared excuse me for uh, what Batley are going to throw at us because uh, obviously they're going to be at home aren't they and like we mentioned before about the John Keir factor and whatever I think we've just got to be be switched on and um, prepared for what they're going to throw at us because I think they will go for us, won't they? Yeah, I think Batley are going to try and obviously play the conditions being at home, that big hill. Batley's going to be, could be a factor. Uh, and obviously, John K winning coach of the year, tactically, he's going to be you know looking for a, a, his big swan song before he goes to Wakefield as director of football. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, John Key is, is, a, is a wise old coach. And John Key, he's done it. He's done us before, hasn't he? In that Challenge Cup semi final, he broke our hearts, didn't he? When he was um, Sheffield's coach. You know, he coached Hull to a, a Challenge Cup winner, or surprise win against Leeds as well, all them years ago. So, he, yeah, he's a, he's a very good man, motivated John Key. And he, he knows the game inside out, doesn't he? And he'll know exactly. He'll have done his own work on Salford as well. Won't he? He'll know where our weaknesses are. and where he can upset us and what have you. So we're going to have to be on our guard. And they're at home as well, aren't they? So they're going to be confident. You know, they've had some... Uh, they had a good performance at, at Lee um, last weekend. 42-24, they went down at Lee. So they, they scored a few points and they weren't embarrassed. So um, so I think it's going to be a tough afternoon for us where we've, we're going to have to definitely turn up from minute one because, uh, you know, Batley aren't going to lie down for us. Do you think, obviously, last week's performance, you know, will focus the minds now, obviously, uh, after the defeat against London... The, the players know it, it's, that it's do or die now and uh, you know this game against uh, Batley uh, is a moment uh, in their season where they're going to have to do it aren't they yeah you'd be hoping wouldn't you weren't gonna, you're not going to get two performances against two championship sides like that two weeks running you're hoping last week's game was the was the banana skin and the kick up the backside that we needed so you know if we're to lose to, to Batley on Sunday we've only got ourselves to blame really and we probably don't deserve to, to stay in Super League so yeah I think that 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 kick up the backside that we've got now has got to, we've got to use that as a positive now, haven't we? And and turn things round against against Batley and then obviously qualify for this this million pound game. 
Yeah, they've got a few dangerous players. Uh, top try scorer Wayne, is it Reniti? Wayne Reniti, yeah. Yeah, 15 tries this season. You know, our backs are going to have to be, uh, you know, on the game because he knows where the line is, doesn't he, Paul? Yeah, he certainly does. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen him a few times for Batley, and uh, you know he's a very powerful, powerful sort of winger, and uh, you know we're going to have to be on our, our guard for him as well. But they've got Sean Ainsco on the other wing as well. Remember him? He played at, at Wigan there. They uh, he's got like a stocky lad on the wing. He played when he played at Wigan, and uh, you know he's he's got a bit of speed as well. But the halfbacks, Pat Walker and uh, Dominic Brown Barney, was at Sheffield as well. He's he's a decent organizer and a you know a good halfback. So you have to gonna have to watch them. And they've got some some talent as well. Keegan Hurst, the prop forward, he's going to Wakefield next season. So they've obviously spotted something in him, John Keir. Obviously, going to Wakefield to be director of rugby, taking Keegan Hurst with him, and I've heard good things about Keegan Hurst. So, um, you know, they've got some, they've got some talented players. Yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a battle, Paul, uh, and hopefully the players will be fully focused on, you know, getting the result. Um, what would be your uh, score prediction for the game on uh, Sunday? Yeah, I've never seen Salford lose at Battle, which could be an omen. Uh-huh. I've seen us draw, draw there about twenty one year, about ninety five season. I think we drew there twelve apiece. Um, I've just I saw a stat before on Sky Sports. I was watching a bit of a league game, and it says we've not lost there in our last nine visits. So it's been a happy hunting ground for us, Battler. Um, I think I don't think it's going to be a whitewash. I think it'll be closer than you know what we some people might think. But uh, I'm going to go um, with the same prediction I, I gave you last night. I think it was thirty points to twelve to Salford. Thirty twelve. I'm I'm thinking that the boys are going to have to write a few wrongs. Uh, after after last week's performance, they're going to come out all guns blazing, uh, and I'm thinking it'll be Batley ten, Salford forty. I think there's I think the boys will know that they've got two games to save save the season and save the careers, and they're going to be totally focused on on getting a result. Uh, which so you've changed your mind from last night. You said Salford by ten last <laughs> I night. I did. I've thought so about you've it. changed your mind. <laughs> I've changed, I've, yeah, I've changed my mind because because I'm you know thinking about it, you know that importance of it is, is 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 massive and I'm sure, you know, they are super league players in the day. They're a good they're a good players in the day yeah. in that squad, isn't they? Yeah. And they and they yeah, know definitely. that they've got they've got to put on a performance. They can't just, you know, turn up and expect to win uh, a battle no. because they will get turned over, won't they, again? Uh, like they did against London and, and they've had that uh, happen to them and I'm I'm sure it won't happen again. I'm hundred percent well I'd say I'm hundred percent sure, but I'm hoping hundred percent that the players know after last week they can't just turn up and win. They're going to have to put some effort in and, and, and get the result. Uh, so I'm, I'm going for that big score, Paul, and I'm hopefully I'll, I'll be right. Uh, so thanks for listening to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. Uh, another good podcast, Paul. Yeah, really enjoyed it, mate. Really enjoyed it. Like I said before, I was I was a bit depressed last last Saturday night, you know, after the, the London game. But like we do every week, there's always next week, isn't there? And there's always a chance to turn things around. And, you know, Ian Watson said it this week, they want to fix things. And, I think the players want to fix it, and I think the players were hurt last week, weren't they? After that, after that, from what I've heard, and you know, if we all get together now this this weekend, let's you know get behind them and you know see if we can turn this round because it's not over yet. We're not relegated yet, so let's fix it before before we are relegated. Let's uh, let's do do a positive and get a good result. So don't forget to vote for your player of the year, young player of the year, and most improved player of the year. We'll put the link up uh, over the next couple of days so you can pick your favourites, and we'll reveal the results. Uh, on next week's show. So thanks for listening to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. You can find us on Devil in the Detail SRD on Facebook at DITD SRD on Twitter and you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes and League Cast app. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. <laughs>